Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Welcome, amigos. It is a big Friday. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. The Cowboys showed me quite little last night, and I don't think Joe feels the same. Hello, Joseph. Quite little. Quite little. little. Outside of the quarterback, quite little. Okay. It feels like we might be at odds a little bit here over the next few minutes. Oh, what do you know? I think so. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is your chance to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Here's why I was remarkably disappointed by what the Cowboys did last night. It was a game. I didn't think that they should go out and win 45-10 like they did against the Commanders, but that was set up for them to have a nice, soft landing spot. Uh, the They were not at a disadvantage with having a short week. Both teams were off of a week. Um, I, I frankly looked at their defense and could not have been more disappointed. We could stop the Duran Bland Defensive Player of the Year stuff because I figured out why exactly he has five pick sixes this year, and it's primarily because they keep throwing at him. When you throw at him that much, <laughs> there's got to be a reason behind it. Remember Trayvon Diggs a couple of years ago had all those interceptions, and really turned out it was because they were throwing at him. Now, I'm not saying that Bland hasn't played well this year, but here's the point. There wasn't much there for me outside of what Dak did, and that was impressive, Joe, that really stood out, and I – Frankly, I'm very disappointed that they would give up 35 points to a team that had scored three offensive touchdowns in the previous four games. A strict man you are. A very strict man. I wouldn't want to have you as a professor. I mean, that last night, I I would like to start with this. For a Thursday night game, and there's so much we can get into with the nitty-gritty here. Mm. Thursday night game, hell of a football game last night. Sure. Hell of a football game. And that's, that. not, that's not going against anything that you've said. I just want to make sure we get that out there. Hell of a football game last night. Thoroughly entertaining. Lots of key decisions needing to be made. Lots of big plays needing to be made. Lots of points scored. Could have done without the 19 penalties for 250 oh, penalty God. yards. Oh. The refs can feel free to back the hell up for five minutes and let this game play out. But, of course, they need their shine as well. So I wanted to get that off my chest. Bravo, fantastic football game last night. Could have done without the refs. I mean, I I hate being in the corner of defending the Cowboys. You know this, but what more do you want? I mean, last night they went out there. They went up against a, a much better opponent than they had. They had been beating up on the Giants, the Panthers, the Commanders. Well, this was a bit of a step up. Seattle's still a playoff team at the moment from what I understand. They were in the playoffs last year. They gave you a really good punch 
and you found a way to get the job done late. And Prescott, something we agree on, Prescott looked fantastic last night. So Cowboys found a way to handle their business. I, I, no style points. You're not trying to jockey into the college football playoff like Texas is going to tomorrow morning. You just need to get in and get out, and that's what they did last night. Well, I, I post myself this question uh, this morning, and then Evan did too. And I didn't necessarily put it in terms of the Eagles, but other teams. Would I look at last night's win for the Cowboys differently if there wasn't a little hint of an anti-Cowboy bias? Not necessarily in me, but in all of us, right? Is that a a just go-and-get-done kind of situation? It's like original sin. (laughs) We're all just born with a little Cowboy bias. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Once again, you have crystallized my thoughts. Uh, What I would say about this is that it would depend on the situation. I would honestly look at it individually each way. I am told that I should expect more from the Cowboys. I have been told that for the last 30 years. I am told that this season, the Cowboys are not beating very good teams. And you're right. There was a slight step up last night. There has never been a game this year where I felt, okay, okay, they're they're getting closer to that level. And last night did not make me feel like they were getting closer to the level of the 49ers, of the Eagles. Really, the Lions, eh, I kind of have to knock them down a little bit right now. They're closer to Dallas than anything. But, Joe, there are so many mitigating factors here for me with Dallas. And can I start? with the head coach for a second let's do it i mean i'm the dope that sat here yesterday and said "Eh, you know what are we not giving him enough credit that's me that's me trying to be objective that's me opening up my mind to things and mike mccarthy just shut it down last night now what specifically are you referring to the end of the game he nearly handed that game away to a team that had sliced and diced his defense all night Okay, no, just, again, late, quickly, without getting too far into the weeds. Third down, Seattle's got no timeouts left. Third and three at the 14-yard line. You're up a field goal, and he throw it with a minute 40-something left, and he throws it into the end zone. He throws it into the end zone. Incomplete. There are so many different things that you can do there that would help. You can run the ball and not get the first down and run 40 more seconds off the clock, then kick your field goal. You can run the ball and get the first down, and then the game's over. Over. Completely over. You can throw the ball, but look around and either a safer throw or, Joe, just take the sack. And the clock runs. So many different things here. Mike McCarthy did the one thing that you can't do to give the other team an opportunity, especially when that team has destroyed your defense all night. Okay, so in that vein, if you take one of the options, which is run the ball but don't get the first down, you run, you you don't get the first down, but you're not able to bleed the rest of the clock off, correct? Well, but you're able to bleed off 40 seconds. And then Not how the much is left clock. after that? Huh? How much is left then after that? About a minute. Okay, about a minute. A little so less than you, a minute. Then you kick a field goal. Let's assume it's good. You're up six. 
you are going to kick the ball back to Seattle, who has torn apart your defense all night, and you mm-hmm. are going to give them a chance with less than a minute to go to come down the field and win the game. As Unlikely, opposed to a minute 40, and they still have to score a touchdown. Sure. Unlikely, but still something that could happen, especially given the way your defense has played to this point, or you can just go try to win the game right there. And I would argue that your quarterback prior to that point was 29 of 40, which is 72%, for 299 yards with three touchdowns and no interceptions. He was playing a fantastic game. If you're not going to trust Prescott to go win you the game right there, when are you going to trust him to go win you the game? But that's not about trusting Prescott to go win the game. That's about making the right decision. When you're throwing the ball from the 14-yard line, all the windows become a lot smaller because – the the end lines and the sidelines are out now a much bigger part of the defense. That's that's my thing. It's it's a bad football play. All right, it, it, perhaps, but I, I he's he's we can't keep talking about Prescott for MVP and then say let's take the ball out of his hands in the biggest moment of the it's, game it, and turn taking, it back to the Joe. defense who hasn't stopped a nosebleed all night. It's not taking the ball out of his hands. It's giving your overall team a better chance to win the game. By taking the ball out of the quarterback's hands. No. By putting it into the hands of of a running back or into the quarterback's hands of letting him run it himself. That option's Again, there when he drops back. the clock. If Prescott wants to make that decision, he can make that decision. I, I'm not necessarily against it. I think where this gets interesting is that McCarthy has shown us how he's going to handle these situations throughout the course of the year because they got burned on one in Philadelphia a few weeks ago. Setting the stage, they're down 28-17. They're trailing by 11 points in the fourth quarter, but there's just over 10 minutes to go. Fourth and one on the one-yard line. Now, if they kick the field goal, they're down eight. They turn a two-score game into a one-score game. But if they go for it, they convert the touchdown. All right. They're in a better position to win the game. If they go for it and blow it, they can try to pin the Eagles back. He trusted Prescott there as well, and they came up short. Prescott threw it just short of the goal line, and if you remember the tight end, whoever it was, caught the ball, it looked like, but then he came down and was tackled just short of the goal line. Yep. McCarthy's been consistent. He's been consistently aggressive in these spots. That one burned him. Maybe they should have kicked there. And then this one last night, sure, they could have run the ball. But he is showing you. He's showing the entire world he trusts his quarterback. We cannot have conversations about Dak being an MVP candidate, a legit MVP candidate. We can't put all the numbers up there and talk about how wonderful he is and then in these crucial spots not give him the ball. I can do that, and I will do that. When it matters, it, it's I'm not asking him to go and win the game right there. What I'm asking my offense to do is to put us in the best situation to win that game. And so for me, that's where I get on Mike for not at least giving my defense the best chance at all of it. Uh, again, if we're playing percentages, I get the idea of wanting to be aggressive. But at the same time, that is... There, there is a very fine line between aggressive and stupid. And he walked well over that line last night. And they I'll tell you what else. Eight of 13 on third down prior to that. They had over 400 yards of offense. They scored over 40 points in that game. We're asking him to go get three yards against that Seattle defense. I understand. And it was still the wrong play. It was still by far the wrong play. And I'll tell you what else. 
McCarthy, dead to me. Dead oh. to me. Uh, well, this is per- this is a personal matter. No, there, well, this is personal because of yesterday, me opening my mind to the possibility that I had been unfair to him, and then him quickly slamming that door shut. We're done. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Dear God, we are just getting started and so jacked up for a tremendous show today. There was some heavy, heavy movement in the MVP race, and Dak Prescott might be 10 days away from being the favorite. We'll explain next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. are deserving of him being at least top 10. We all believe in Dak Prescott. Touchdown, Dak Prescott! The thing that impressed me most about Prescott was his leadership. I just want to be great. That's what I do each and every day to take another step to being that. And there was no getting around what he was last night. He was absolutely fantastic last night. And he has very much vaulted himself to the top of the list for MVP in the NFL. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So Dak Prescott right now on ESPN Bet sits Joe third behind Jalen Hurts at plus 160 and Patrick Mahomes at plus 400. Dak Prescott is plus 450 with Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Tua Tungavailoa right behind him. So I look at what happened last night. You realize that in the last five games, the guys are last six games now, 20 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's been remarkable with how well he has played. Last night against great defense, no, a good defense, he absolutely lit it up, made all the plays that he, that he needed to make. We are really going to find out here in the next 10 to 12 days if he is capable of winning this award 
especially when they get the Eagles next Sunday. If the Eagles even, uh, I don't think they need to win or lose, but if Dak goes and has a big-time game against the Eagles, uh, he's going to be right there, especially if he outplays Jalen Hurts. Right there, but he's not going to win the award. Who, uh, Evan, get on the mic for a sec. That rejoin coming back from break. Who was the first person in there? Was it Lewis Riddick who talked about the stats he has, how great his stats are, his yeah. stats for MVP? Mm-hmm. Was that yeah. Riddick? Yep. Okay, Riddick, thank you for that. Riddick is 100% correct. Dak's statistics are there. We don't need to argue completion percentage, yardage, touchdowns, INT, sacks. We don't need any of that. That's good. All those boxes are checked as of the current moment. He's missing one. All right? And this is a very important box to check if you're going to win MVP. But he hasn't checked it yet. And it's going to take a little time before it can get there if it's going to happen. 13 of the last 14 MVPs have been a one or a two seed. Right. This award goes to a winner. You got to win. He's winning a lot of games, but he's currently in competition for this award with Jalen Hurts, who's a one seed. Patrick Mahomes, who's a two seed. Lamar Jackson, who's a one seed. Brock Purdy, who's a two seed. Tua Tungavailoa, who's a four seed, but right on the bubble. Prescott's a five seed right now, I believe. And it's unfortunate because if he was in the NFC South, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. They'd be a division leader, but he's not. He's in the NFC East. That's the way the cookie crumbles. If you can't get past the Eagles and win the division, you can't be a one or a two seed. And if you're not going to be a one or two seed, I don't see how you're going to end up winning this award. Well, the the reason I'll ask this question too is, does being, I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm asking it anyway. We always make so much of being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. If you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and you are not the singular reason, but the biggest reason for sure why that team, if they come up short in winning the division, there's still going to be a three or a four. Like I have to attribute the majority of that team's success to this guy. Whereas I think we'd both agree that I look at Jalen Hurts this year. It hasn't been off the charts amazing. Like, I, I, I've I, been espousing the Eagles all season, right? But even I have to admit, Jalen Hurts has not looked like an MVP candidate. How can I talk about Brock Purdy being an MVP candidate when he had an awful three-game stretch? Like, awful. So, again... I'm in the, now I'm in the comfort uncomfortable position of defending the Cowboys and Dak, but doesn't all of that at least play into this uh, if the Cowboys are not a one or a two seed? Every candidate has a good case against this year. Mahomes' numbers and his offense are down. Lamar Jackson has some really questionable games. Doesn't that play enough into it in his favor then? It could, but when we go back to Prescott, we've got the stats. He is a huge reason why... This team has won so many games. But there's also another reason, a very soft schedule. No one is going to get overwhelmed with an MVP candidate who puts up numbers against Carolina. Nobody cares. They just fired their coach. Nobody who's going to get overwhelmed against MVP numbers against the Washington Commanders. They're getting ready to fire people. Like, you got to go out there with a weak schedule And at some point, you have to have the big game. Hurts, I completely agree. Too many turnovers this year. I just watched him have a really big comeback win over the Buffalo Bills 
six days after going to Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs. And I know that so many other people had a role in that, but he's got big games under his belt. Mahomes has big games under his belt. Tua doesn't, and that's the thing that hurts Prescott right now. Not only is he not a one or two seed, 13 of the last 14 MVPs have been a one or two seed, but he hasn't beaten anyone big yet. He had a chance in San Francisco. They stunk. He had a chance in Philly. They couldn't make the plays in the fourth quarter. Next week is going to be huge, but when we talk about his case for MVP, he's missing two very big criteria. Very big. It's not about best offensive player. If we want to talk about him as best offensive player, let's have that conversation. If we talk about value, you got to win more games. You got to be higher up Mm -hmm. in the overall hierarchy. And and I listen on that front. I'm with you. I am absolutely smart. uh, You'd call me a purist when it comes to the (laughs) definition of of most valuable player, right? I want to hear from Dak on this stretch of games and how he would describe what's going on right now for him. My expectations, honestly, I put a lot into this game. I prepare my. Got amazing coaches and players around me right now doing the exact same. So um, I just really think that's that's the expectations that I have for myself, the standard that we've created as an offense, and um, what we're how we're comfortable in playing this game. Can next Sunday, Joe, Cowboys Eagles in Dallas determine the MVP this year? Oh my God! Yeah, it can swing everything. Yeah, we see that with the Heisman. Let me rephrase that. Instead of can it, will it? Oh, well, that's a completely different conversation. I need to see what happens with Philly and San Francisco first. I need to see that first. I need to see what kind of condition Philadelphia is going to be heading into that game. Because if I think Philadelphia is in good condition going into that game, I'm picking Philly to win. And then if Philly wins that game, Dak Prescott's not winning that award. You're not going to lose to the Niners and Eagles twice and then be named MVP because you beat up on the Giants and the Commanders. Congratulations. It has every opportunity, though. This is the stretch for him. This is where if he wants to win that award, go out and be the league's most valuable player. Go beat the Eagles. Go beat everyone after that, which I believe involves the Dolphins and a couple other key games in there. Go win those games. Keep doing what you're doing. We can only ask so much because the future's yet to unfold, but... He's handling everything in front of him right now. He's checking the boxes, but he's not there yet. He needs to check more boxes. The opportunity for him to win this award is there. He can go take it. He's not going to need anyone else to do him any favors, but it's up to him. It's up to the Cowboys. And this is where they so often in the past have come up short. Look, one last thing. We can talk about the ease of the schedule, so to speak. Coming into the year, it was middle of the pack. And I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you that they've had a bunch of world beaters. But if he plays at this level and he beats Philadelphia and then he continues to play at a, you know, not necessarily the top level, but they're doing all right when they've got Buffalo and they've got Miami and they've got Detroit, he's going to win the award. I I think there could be some more leaning in that direction this year. Without a doubt. But you got to go out and do that. Those are the things that are still undetermined. We've seen other guys win big games. He has not done that yet. If he goes and does that, it's the final piece of the puzzle. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Joseph, the Eagles are 10-1. I don't know if you knew that. How about the fact that they are a home underdog on Sunday against the 49ers? Even Kyle Shanahan doesn't know why. And there's 
there's some long history being made with this. We'll explain right after Joe has this from our friends at Farm Fresh Christmas Trees. If you want to be like the officials in last night's game, throwing flags all over the place, you want to get real, you want to keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Did you know buying real Christmas trees, it helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry. And for every 10 Christmas trees that are planted, an acre of land ends up being saved. So are the jobs of many American farmers. Buying real Christmas trees helps keep real holiday memories alive while also helping our environment. So buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at getrealkeepitreal.com. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. They're the home team. They've lost one game, but you're the favorites. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I don't really know how that stuff works, so it is random. This game means more than 49ers on a lot of levels. One, because it keeps them in the mix for that number one seed. It doesn't put them in the lead. They would still be a game behind, and that's why the Eagles probably don't view it quite the same way. They have to try to confuse Brock Purdy pre- and post-snap, and you better have a tremendous plan for what we know is the 21 personnel for the San Francisco 49ers. You heard Kyle Shanahan in there at the very beginning. Why are the 49ers favored over the Eagles? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Listen, I'm about to drop a little bit of knowledge on you. It's going to blow you's minds. You ready? (laughs) Do you know that the 49ers, being the favorites in this game, the Eagles would be the first 10-1 10-1 and one team or better to be a home underdog with their normal starting quarterback in the regular season since 1970. Whoa, 53 really? 53 years. The first 10-1 and one or better team to be a home dog with their regular starting quarterback on the field in 53 years. You're welcome. You're on your own. I'm done. I've done my work. That's really good right there. I mean, two key factors on that. Number one, it's going to come down to the opponent. How many of those teams over the last 53 years have been at home healthy with their starting quarterback, 11 and one, 10 and one, whatever it is. And they're facing somewhat of this magnitude, right? This is one of the, what, four best teams in the NFL, five best teams. So our opportunities there are going to be somewhat limited. But to answer this question, it comes down to really one thing and one thing only money. 
if money was being wagered on the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles would be your favorite. But that's not what's happening. Based on a variety of factors, a point spread was set and implemented, and money has come in on the Niners, so much so that it moved to a point where they're a relatively healthy favorite. Now, we might ask, why? Why did the Niners end up becoming the favorite prior to the money? What was the driving factor? The situation. All right, these are two teams in very different situations this week. San Francisco has 10 days to prepare for this game. They are coming off a Thursday night matchup against Seattle. The 10 days gives them a chance to get healthy, get rested, and get some preparation in. Philadelphia is in a very different situation. They had to play a Monday night game at Arrowhead against Kansas City. Following that game, six days later, they needed to turn around and play the Buffalo Bills in an overtime game. And I'm not going to directly quote Dan Orlovsky on this, but I believe Orlovsky said yesterday the Eagles played 92 snaps in that game, which is the most of any team this season. Okay? Um, like I said, I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but it's, it's in the neighborhood. So think about that. Monday night at Arrowhead, then turn around and play more snaps than anybody's played all season long outside of the Bills, of course, because they were involved in that game. And then turn around and get ready for the Niners. Yeah, situation's going to favor the Niners. So the point spread opened right around Pick'em, and then it was nothing but Niner money driving it up to Niners minus three. And that's where we saw some Philadelphia get money get involved, pushing it to two and a half. So that's the back and forth right now. It's either Niners minus three or Niners minus two and a half, depending on where you look. So there's your explanation as to why the 49ers are favored in the game. You're welcome, Shanahan. By the way, he can reach out at any point with a thank you card or a bottle of wine, whatever, however he wants to, to express his gratitude for that because he didn't know, and now he does. Yeah. Uh, listen, so what's at stake here <laughs> for the Eagles and for the Niners? For the Eagles, you know, I, I heard Michelle say this this morning, and I, I get it. It feels like... Because of how they have played this year, it's yet another game for the Eagles to establish who they are. And I don't know that they should be held to that standard anymore. Like, a, Meaning, like, you're, you're held to a high standard, right? Yeah. If the Eagles lose this game, do I think that they're not winning the NFC and not going to the Super Bowl? No, of course not. It changes nothing for me. If the 49ers lose this game, it makes me think that they're not going into Philadelphia and beating them later in the year if they have another chance in the NFC Championship game. So am I treating them differently? I am, but it's primarily based on history here. Now, I am not going to be shocked if the 49ers win the game. Not going to be shocked. Based on everything that you have said and laid out in terms of the, the uphill battle the Eagles have had to fight here during this incredibly difficult stretch. I think that's a very fair assessment because given the, I'm not going to call it an advantage because the Niners are still playing on the road, but given the situational advantage that the Niners have here. It's a major situational advantage. Yeah, if, if yeah. they can't get it done in this spot, I think there are reasons to ask questions. Philadelphia, if they were to fall short in this game, okay, they've played a lot of big games in a row. Dallas, bye week, Kansas City, Buffalo, it's a tough run. I think that's a very fair assessment as to what we should think coming out of this game if Philadelphia were to lose. If Philadelphia wins, I shudder to think. Because I, as a born and raised Eagles fan, I'm giving them very little credit going into this game. I really am. They're 7-1 and one in one-score games this season. I think eventually that's going to flip on them. I think in this spot, it's not going to ultimately shock me if they find a way to win. But the Niners, I mean, if you're going to be for real, 
We talk about Dallas not winning big games, right? Like Dallas catches a lot of heat because they can't even really make it to the final four. The Niners have lost a lot of big games under Kyle Shanahan, a lot of them. And they've had so much sustained success. They deserve all the credit in the world, more credit than, than knock. But let's be honest, Super Bowl against Kansas city. There was a chance there came up short NFC championship game a few years ago against the Rams. That pick at the end of the game, what is it, Chikwaski Tart, I think it was? If he ends up holding onto that ball, yep. they win that game, but they blew it. They couldn't find a way. They've been in a lot of big spots where they've had opportunity and they have not been able to come through. So this has got to be for them one of those locker room statement games where they tell themselves, we can go to Philadelphia, we can win on their turf, we can hang with the best of them. Because beating up on Seattle on a Thursday night, good. Dallas just did that too. This is an opportunity for you to claim your, your spot in the hierarchy. Dear God, what a football weekend we've got. And it started with a pretty good game last night. And we've got another great one tonight. It continues. You don't have to wait long for a de facto college football playoff game. That is after Joe has this from our friends at Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Pac-12 championship game tonight. We've got two bets for you. Oh, actually, first, I have to recap last night. Casual 0-5, down (laughs) 5.6 units. What an absolute disaster that game was. Some of those bets were never close. Some of them were awful beats, like the first half one, all the way around a disgusting performance. So we've got to find a way to turn it around because we're 89, 95, and 2. We're down 15 units. Time to start going on a run here, as I've been saying that for the last three weeks. Pac-12 championship game, two wagers. Wager number one, under 66 total points. This is right around where the total was when these two met last time in Washington. 69 points were scored in that game. But that's a different Washington team. First six games of the season, they averaged 44 points a game. Last six games of the season, they're averaging 31 points per game. Good, not great. Something might be wrong with Michael Penix. I'm not sure, but he doesn't look like the same guy. Oregon's defense has gotten better over the course of the season. Under 66 is going to be the play. Number two, I see Oregon winning this game tonight. Not sure if they cover. I lean that way. But the bet is, if Oregon wins this game, I think that's what gets Bo Nix the Heisman Trophy. So I'm going to get out ahead of it. Bo Nix minus 200 to win the Heisman Trophy. Pizza Money won. Under 66 total points, Pac-12 championship game. Pizza Money 2. Bo Nix minus 200 for the Heisman. Ian Fitzsimmons will join us later. That He will be on the call tonight of that. And then the ACC championship game in Charlotte. So we will get into some logistics. Uh, Red Eye Vegas got to go to uh, D.C. and then connect it <laughs> to Charlotte. We'll figure it out with Ian, but he will join us later in the show to talk about it tonight. And look, I, I'm with you on the Bo Nix front. Like, all Bo Nix can do tonight for me, you're not supposed to talk in advance about who you're going to vote for. Bo Nix is 37 touchdowns and two picks. And if Oregon comes back and plays their way into the college football playoff with that performance, with a great performance tonight, and avenges their only loss, which was exceptionally tight. Let's just say it would be very, very difficult 
to find somebody else to vote for. And Michael Penix has been terrific this year, but he hasn't done that. I mean, Bo Nix has been so, so good for Oregon all season long. I mean, the guy is going to end up throwing for 4,000 yards on the year. And I understand Oregon's offense, Joe, but, I mean, listen, I am buying into the the fact that, you know, everybody looks at this uh, who doesn't quite get it, like me, uh, at the beginning of the week and says, why is it Oregon minus nine when they lost to him earlier in the year? Well, now I get it because this is a, you know, this is a comeback and um, what, is, what is the rematch always plays a big factor in that. And this game is going to be played indoors on turf. And boy, does that favor Oregon grass? It is grass. Oh, it grass. Not. Excuse yeah, me. They You're reel right. it in and out, but it, indoors nonetheless. A um, couple of the factors as to why Oregon's the favorite, like guys who do this for a living after watching that first game, I think a lot of people came away from that saying to themselves, Oregon's a better team. And I know that sounds crazy because Washington won the game, but remember that game was at Washington in front of that crowd. And I think with the way it all played out, people were more impressed with Oregon than they were with Washington, at least sharper betters. So they kept saying to themselves, all right, as we get closer to this rematch, we might want to play Oregon. And Oregon continued to look really good. They throttled everyone. Their defense has gotten better and better. Washington since then has not been very good. Like I said, first six games, 44 points a game. Last six games, 31 points per game. Didn't look great against Stanford. Didn't look great against Arizona State. Didn't look great against, I think it was Oregon State. Like they've had some spots where they have really struggled. Utah hung in there with them for a while, and that game was was in Seattle. So the number came out, Oregon minus seven and a half. Nothing but Ducks money pushing it as high as 10. And that's where we saw the buyback point on Washington because it's now back down to nine and a half. To your point on Knicks, having this extra data point is huge. Having it on a Friday night up against nothing else, just as big when your stiffest competition for the award isn't Michael Penix. It's Jaden Daniels, the quarterback from LSU. Daniels has had a remarkable season. Statistically, he has put up numbers that we have rarely, if ever, seen. Games where he's running and throwing for over 200 yards, putting up four or five touchdowns. Problem is, and this is not his fault, but the problem is LSU lost three games and they're not playing in, in the conference championship and he's not going to get that final data point. Mel Kuyper said it perfectly. Daniels is in the clubhouse and he's watching the guys come up 18 right now and he's hoping they bogey because if they bogey and you see a poor performance from Knicks, Daniel's going to win this award. But if Knicks plays well, that final data point in everyone's mind as he A, wins a conference championship, B, avenges the loss to Michael Penix, another Heisman Trophy finalist, and C, secures a place in the college football playoff while LSU's sitting at home, that's going to swing the voters. One thing I'm very confident of, and I don't think this is going out on a limb, winner of this game's going to be in the playoff. I don't think there's any doubt. Is there a situation where that's a no? It would have to get funky. Like, if, or, uh, if Washington wins, Washington's in because they're undefeated. Absolutely. So it right. would only be the Oregon scenario where Oregon wins, and then you would have to have Florida State win, uh, Georgia win, and Michigan's undefeated. They win, and those three are in. And then what? I don't think Oregon's going to get jumped by Texas. No. No, I don't think so. I mean, could Oregon – I guess it's if Bama upsets Georgia. Yeah, could Oregon – Florida State and – and Michigan end up winning, and they're undefeated. It, it, that's where you have the thing. That's where you have the problem. Could you still end up having, in a situation like that, two SEC teams in the Final Four? Could you end up having um, Alabama, if they beat Georgia, 
in the top four and Georgia staying in the top four, along with Michigan and Florida State. Who do you prefer? If if Alabama beats Georgia, do you prefer a one-loss Georgia in the playoff or a one-loss Oregon in the playoff? And remember, uh, that loss, Oregon I, team will have won their conference. I, I will have uh, – I absolutely would prefer a one-loss Georgia team. What I do want is I want Florida State out. Out. Get out. I mean, we're going to need them to lose because it feels like if they win, they are they are winning in, it feels like. I, I, I know it feels that way. It doesn't make it right. Because, listen, I keep coming back to this. How do we avoid what happened last year? I, I know it's, it's all about the kids, and we don't want to penalize the kids. With the quarterback out, they are not the better team than some of those other teams. They're not. Well, what is it that last year you didn't like? That we ended up with TCU getting bombed. Well, in the, in the championship, though. Yes. They won their semifinal. No, I, I'm concerned I, I about Florida State getting I, bombed in the semifinal like Cincinnati did. I, I want to. I want to. Listen, I want to see a scenario where we end up having three very good games. And to me, the three, the best option to have three very good games includes either two SEC teams and no Florida State, or. Uh, it would include Oregon moving in front of Florida State. Well, this criteria that we keep hearing about of most deserving versus best team is very harmful. I hate deserving. I hate the, the word deserving. FSU crowd. I hate because the word deserving. Be, yeah, they'd be thirteen and zero. They'd be a conference champion. They'll have won every game put in front of them. And there is a case that keeps being made on their behalf. And I side with you. I don't want to see Florida State in there. But the case of the year, Ohio State won the title. Cardale Jones, backup quarterback, had to step in and win those games. Who's to say it can't I, happen for the Seminoles? I agree with you. I don't want them in there. I don't want them getting blitzed. But. I can't help but think that the committee is going to back them up in this situation. Ohio State at that point kept loading quarterbacks. You know, it was back and back and back and True. back. I mean, listen, if, to that point, here's McElroy yesterday from our show on this very topic. They will be in the playoff because they're an undefeated Power 5 champ that played a Power 5 schedule with a win against Louisville this weekend that would give them three ranked wins, one of which against uh, against LSU in the non-conference, who the committee greatly respects. Uh, one against Louisville, who's currently ahead of Tennessee. That's one of the better wins for both Georgia and for Alabama. And one against Clemson, who's in the 25-ish range, kind of comparable to that of Tennessee, which also compares favorably. So one, they have the resume to back it up. And two, you cannot tell me, after what we witnessed 10 years ago with Ohio State and Cardale Jones, the quarterback is a sole indicator of future success in the playoffs. But the problem is, in this case, it's going to be. It, it, it's going to be. And you have to have the, the opportunity. I, I, I'm sure that we will find out from Florida State uh, that even if they beat Louisville, I don't expect them to go out and absolutely boat race them. And if they do, all right, maybe I'll buy into it some more, Joe. It's the, the numbers moving to Louisville. It went up to Florida State minus three. That's as big as it was. And in the last 24 hours, it's been Louisville money. It's knocked it down to one and a half. So hopefully they just answer all these problems for us. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Next, the best segment of the week. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.